1: and get 10% off your plan.
3: Over 50 million active accounts, more than 60 billion hours streamed. That's what's happening on Roku. What should you do to make the most of the shift to TV streaming? Roku is America's number one streaming platform and delivers bigger than the big game reach. The time to master this massive and growing market is now. Get started by downloading Roku's new guide, which shares expert predictions about what's going to happen this year in the world of TV streaming. Download the full report at advertising.roku.com slash predictions. That's advertising.roku.com slash predictions. You're listening to
0: Yeah, that's probably an ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture. Because in the end, everything is an ad, uh, specifically a Super Bowl ad, because it is Super Bowl time. Uh, we are in the week leading up to uh, the big game. And uh, and it's, uh, it's always a real pleasure. I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor with Adweek. Oh, wait, no, I'm not anymore. I'm not.
4: <laughs> We remember your I promotion? Title.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I have a new title, um, uh, which we won't get into really, but I am now international editor, which <laughs> I'll have to get used to after years of saying the same title every week. I'm international editor for Adweek.
4: <laughs> and I'm co-im, community editor still at Adweek. And yes, it is indeed that time of the year. Where we're talking all things Super Bowl. We'll be talking about it throughout this episode and next week. Um, and to join us in our first discussion is our breaking news reporter, Katie Lundstrom, and our CPG reporter, Paul Heber. Welcome back to the podcast and to Super Bowl coverage, guys. Thank you. Hooray. Hooray.
0: We need to set the energy. Lane, give me a give me a give me like a big sports song. Give me like an intro, like our walk-up song for this week's discussion. Okay, okay, so now we can now we can go. Um, Paul, is this your first Super Bowl with
2: Adweek? I was here for last year's Super Bowl, but just barely. So um, what,
0: compared to that, compared to ones that you've watched before, let's start with like the big trends, the big differences. Uh, what are you seeing? Obviously, CPG, which you cover, is uh, such a huge part of the game, but you've been also keeping an eye on, on other categories as well. What are some of the big trends we're seeing?
2: Big trends, I'm seeing... Uh I'm organizing everything kind of in three buckets. Uh first bucket, big brands that are not advertising this year, Coca-Cola, Kia, Budweiser, uh other ones that are just for whatever reason deciding to sit this one out. Second bucket, bucket is big brands that are advertising but they're they're almost pretending that 2020 didn't even exist. These are kind of like the the Pringles, Cheetos, Doritos, M&Ms, Tide, there's usually celebrities, it's kind of lighthearted, fun, maybe a bit of nostalgia, but there's not really a reaction to the past year. And then the third group of brands that I'm seeing are a ton of first-time advertisers that have all, uh, for various reasons, seen demand for their goods and services really rise during the pandemic. They've all had great years. They're all, again, making their kind of first big game appearance where people are just kind of learning about them and using their services. So... Those are kind of the three buckets I'm putting the brands in that are so far in the big game. Katie, you are in
0: Austin, right? I am. So you're in you're in deep in startup country. This feels like kind of a startups year in the Super Bowl, right? Like, I mean, I know a lot of these companies aren't maybe like technical startups anymore because they've gotten pretty big, but it's a lot of these like delivery services and all the stuff that have kind of kept us afloat in this past year of quarantine.
5: Yeah, I mean we definitely, I mean I feel like I've written this so many times that like one of the trends we're seeing is people that did really really well last year despite everything or because of everything last that happened last year um are using you know the extra cash that they might have from last year to to use the super bowl as kind of a springboard into 2021 and beyond
4: yeah and you Katie also you wrote about um how some are using their voice, um, and maybe the budget that is not going into the Super Bowl um, as a way to help in the COVID fight. You know what? What do we know about how Budweiser is sitting out, and um, in in light of how other, you know, platforms like Facebook or startup vodka brands might be using? You know, outdoors. Um, tell, tell us more about you know Budweiser's. Um, big decision.
5: Yeah. I mean, they're sitting out the big game for the first time in 37 years. They've advertised every year since 1984. Um, and they're not advertising this year. And instead, they're, Anheuser-Busch says that money is going um, to COVID vaccine awareness and education. So they're working with the Ad Council on some PSAs. They're going to make some of their own PSAs. Um, so it's all about, you know, doing something tangible to help with the fight um, against COVID, Um, which is interesting, but it doesn't mean that they spent any less this year. It doesn't seem like. They've still got four minutes of, you know, in-game airtime. They've got another minute of um, regional airtime during the game. Um, So they're definitely still spending, but um, Budweiser won't be there, and it's kind of, you know, a way to highlight the their you know brand positioning around helping against the, helping in the fight against covid
4: mm-hmm. and and because
0: yeah, we and just to, to clarify uh you mean that um budweiser the core brand uh will will not be in there but there will be these kind of sister brands and and other parts of anheuser-busch right of
5: course yeah there's um going to be six brands in the Super Bowl, four of them have you know national in-game ads, um, and then Anheuser-Busch itself is having a corporate spot during like a national in-game spot. So that's kind of taking the place of Budweiser, because they've never done a corporate spot before, um, but it still remains that Budweiser won't be there. There won't be Clydesdales, and there won't be puppies or whatever.
4: Yeah. Paul, um, last year you were in a war room, uh, with a brand, uh, what is that brand planning on doing this year? And, um, do, you know, there's some discussion about what, what kind of tone do we need to put out? Um, you know, you mentioned those buckets, but yeah, do, can that be well received? Will that be welcomed? Um, what, what's kind of the conversation happening?
2: Yeah. So, Most uh, last year I was with Tide, uh, just for the record. Um, This year, from the the brands I'm speaking to, everyone like, like everyday life, I guess, is doing things virtually through through Zooms, through Slack. They're gonna just be doing the best they can uh, where they are. Um, But as far as tone, another I guess another trend that makes this year different than last year, of course, is that with the pandemic, fewer people will be gathering in groups and parties. Uh, So the idea is kind of that. More people will probably be watching either alone or just with a friend or, or a family member, meaning that if they want any kind of like collective excitement or reactions or they want to see what, how people are responding to the ads, they're all going to go online um, in increased numbers than ever before. I mean, I guess every every year there's more more people going on on social media to discuss these things. But I think this year there'll be a, a huge boost in that just for the fact that people are are generally going to be streaming by themselves in their rooms or in their basements. So brands have a lot of opportunity, I think, to to chat in the social engagement, in the conversation online and trying to hit the tone, make sure that they're responding to things correctly, just getting a good sense of how people are are, um, uh, interpreting their ads. So I think that's also another thing that's very different about this year that gives brands uh, opportunity to succeed and also uh, maybe stumble a little bit because there's just going to be a lot more uh, opinions out there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be like a silence after each ad uh, that that's typically not there, right? Like, you know, normally when, after an ad airs, now this is good and bad. To, to Paul puts it really well that like there are certain kinds of ads that always say that they want to generate discussion. And I'm always like, uh, have you ever been to a Super Bowl party? Like, do you think people are going to sit down and be like, you know that ad raises some good questions about term life insurance. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like such a a weird thing when people say that. But this year, and unfortunately, I can't talk about it yet because it's uh, it hasn't it's still under embargo. Uh, but there is a brand that's that's running its first Super Bowl ad, and the whole point is to get people talking about a pretty serious, uh, you know, kind of medical issue. And normally, I'd be like, eh, but this year, I don't know. Like, there's going to be. Smaller groups, and you know, so if they're really trying to generate conversations, uh, I mean, otherwise, it's just gonna be kind of quiet. Uh, Katie, uh, while it, I mean, uh, of of what we've seen so far, um, have any ads actually jumped out to you or any that you think are, are pretty good, or are you still kind of waiting to be impressed by anything?
5: Uh, yeah, no, I think the that Bud Light Seltzer lemonade ad that came out yesterday um i guess thursday um was really good i i think it it's it's kind of funny it kind of falls outside of the the three buckets that paul was talking about because it really does talk about directly about 2020 except in this like reimagined version of last year the thing that was ruining everything was lemons literally falling from the sky Um, I, I thought it was really cute and really funny, um, and I, I enjoyed it. I wasn't sure, you know, like, it's so hard to know if those ads that try to address, you know, the mess of 2020 head-on are really going to resonate, but I thought that one did a pretty good job in a lighthearted way. Um, and I, I have seen, uh, another one that, you know, I can't talk about yet either, but, Seems like it's trying to do something similar, but maybe isn't really hitting the mark.
3: Roku reaches more viewers than any traditional pay TV company. For advertisers, the time to embrace TV streaming is now. With more emphasis on first-party data in a cookie-less world, campaign attribution, and more interactive creative, 2021 is the year to master the TV streaming opportunity. Get started by downloading Roku's new guide, which shares expert predictions about what's going to happen this year in the world of TV streaming. Download the full report at advertising.roku.com predictions. That's advertising.roku.com slash predictions.
4: Um, David, you put out uh, kind of a, a ranking um, immediately after the game. Are there any brands um, or full-length ads that you're looking to? For me... I know I'm super excited about um, Amazon Studios' return to the Super Bowl. You know, they've done it four times, and uh, or they, this will be their fourth time. And, um, you know, I, I wonder how coming to America will play in this spot, um, COVID or not. I think that's something that, you know, people can look forward to, and it, is, it does play into nostalgia. But, David, do you have any that you're kind of curious about?
0: Well, I think it's interesting that Tide dropped their ad so early this year, because uh, if you think back to when Tide did, um, uh, what did they call it? The you know the the um, Harbor spots. Why am I blank on his name? What's, David Harbor, the guy from Stranger Things. David. Oh, it's my name. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, you know, D- David Harbor's uh, spots from a few years ago where they were very closely protecting that ad like they we we got to watch it a little early but um you know that was like the big surprise reveal it was the best ad of the super bowl it's still i think one of the best uses of super bowl ad space of all time but tied to me is kind of an up and down brand i think some people love their ads every year i'm kind of hit or miss on it uh this year they did uh a formula that i think we will see a lot which is nostalgia plus weirdness um and plus, celebrity, you know, and so basically, you take a a celebrity that recalls. I, I, I will say, I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast. Um, the uh, we may have a piece coming out about this sometime, but. I I do think that when brand marketers talk about nostalgia, what they really mean is white nostalgia, uh, and that really infuriates me, which is one of the reasons I was really excited to see Coming to America, which is coming, and then the number two America. It's the sequel to the uh, beloved film. Uh, I was glad to see that in there because, I mean, so often it is this very deeply white suburban kind of 80s, 90s nostalgia, and sure enough, uh, Tide brought back Jason Alexander, uh, kind of to me a a classic like Super Bowl uh, celebrity uh, for an ad, and he his face is on a hoodie uh, called the Jason Alexander hoodie, and it the the spot is is fine. Um, I think I think people will like it uh, if they haven't seen it already because it did launch quite early. But what I think is is interesting about how it was generated, which will not come across in the ad. This is just thanks to our colleague TL Stanley's reporting. Uh, that the ad was the concept came about because the creative team was thinking you know masks have been covering up people's faces for the past year we've had we've had cloth covering up faces what if we had a face on like a on a piece of clothing so kind of the opposite of this past year and that's how the Jason Alexander hoodie was born um, which is neat uh, but you know it's just i I've got to be honest I I haven't seen any yet. I haven't seen any. I'm really excited about. I'm still I'm still kind of confused. Uh there is supposedly like a 2-minute spot in the uh in the game. We don't know who that is yet, right?
2: No. Yeah.
0: So, there's a lot of unknowns. Uh there's room for pleasant surprises. Um and but I think I think a lot of brands are going to go back to the nostalgia well. Um Paul, any anything you've seen that has has uh interested you or intrigued you that we can talk about yet?
2: Um well, I will say, talking about the Tide ad, that what one thing I have not seen is any masks at all in any of the teasers, um, images, anything. I've not seen yeah, one person wearing a, a great mask, point. so I'm not sure if we will or not. And that goes back to what you're saying kind of about things being lighthearted, people want to break, people want to escape from the reality of uh, you know, 20, 2020, 2021. So I, I'm kind of interested to see if that will happen. Um, Another just another thought I had, too, is that with all these, you know, bi- throughout the pandemic, a big um, a lot of these companies have seen a, a big boost, a lot of these first timers. And I sometimes wonder if they are getting into this Super Bowl because there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a fear, maybe that once things return to normal, then suddenly the demand for their services and, and uh, products will go down with it. Um, I think that's a pretty you know well established timeline. So. I'm just interested to see uh and learn more about why they are jumping into the, the Super Bowl for the first time and if it is just trying to springboard off of their momentum to keep it going when um again no no uh fault of their own, but when you know there's just less demand for for things because people can go to restaurants again, people go to the offices again, people are traveling again. So that'll be interesting to see.
4: Right. So that'll be interesting to see. Right. Um I also wonder if, you know. There, there should or will be more early releases as a matter of A/B testing. You know, I'm reminded of last year how that Jeep ad came together um, so wonderfully and quickly with Bill Murray, and um, so and now it's like, wow, uh, they could just use use that again. Oh my goodness! Um, but you know, I I wonder um, if there'll be kind of more sentiment gathering. Um, as as we head into something so 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 public and so national um and and so ripe for for kind of immediate visceral feedback to to all of these spots um Katie any thoughts there
5: um you know um i don't know it's hard to it's it's hard to say um i it does seem like there are still a lot of question marks as we're heading into you know the last week before the super bowl um mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's it's just hard to say at this point.
0: I, I you know this reminds me in in certain ways, and we've talked about this a lot within the halls of AdWeek, the virtual halls of the AdWeek zooms. Um, that this is most reminiscent of the 2000 Super Bowl, which even I was not covering ads back then, so I'm not aging myself too much. But that was a wild time. Like, I remember watching it, and you had not heard of any of the companies in that Super Bowl. Like, there's some stat out there that I should have looked up, but it's like, you know, 75% of the brands that advertised in that game no longer exist. <laughs> and, you know, it was where to your to the to point uh, that, that we were just discussing, these brands are flush with cash, um, or at least the promise of cash right now, and uh, I, I think they're jumping on their moment now with .dot com. What happened in two thousand? You know, you had all these .dot com companies, and then they just collapsed. You know, the entire .dot com bubble burst, and so they never came back. Um, but this is different. This is very different. I, I I don't think anything about these services will be less compelling, less interesting a year from now. They will just probably be less required. Um, and so I think there's, there were some stats that came out a few years ago that said that basically, what is, the, what is the value of a Super Bowl ad, right? This is a classic question. And there was a, an academic study done into this. And essentially what they found was that if you advertise in the Super Bowl, people over, it's not a short-term gain so much as a long-term gain, that over the course, and this is really a CPG thing, Paul, actually was where they saw the most benefit, was that over the next year, when you have a sporting-related activity, you will think about those brands. So, if you see uh, Pringles in the Super Bowl, then you are more likely to buy Pringles when you're watching any other sporting event over the next 12 months. And so, I've been thinking about that a lot, right? That if if you see an ad for, and I, I'm just going to be honest, I don't remember who at this point, like who all is in and who all is not. But if you saw an ad for, you know, some delivery. Food delivery service, then you might be like, "That's who you think of next time you have people over." You know, to watch out for something. So I, you know, it seems like a good investment. Uh, and and especially at a time where a lot of these services, I, I had never used food delivery uh, until this past year, until the quarantine. I, I I just had never needed it. I don't live in New York, and and you know, so I'm able to just go pick up food or whatever. But I I use them all the time now. And so it's just it is an era of changing behaviors, I guess.
5: Yeah, I mean, it makes me think about the kind of so many of these trends that we've seen explode during the pandemic. Those were all things that were already on the rise, you know, like most of these massive like e-commerce trends and things were already you know we were already going down that road and it's just that you know it was perfect timing so i guess it it would be surprising to me to see these brands that are capitalizing capitalizing on their moment you know completely drop off but but then again maybe i just maybe i just um jinxed it for them
0: co i have a question for you um the you know i i saw another academic study about diversity in super bowl ads and what they found was that it's been getting better. Representation's been getting better over the last, uh, you know, t- uh, 10, 15 years, but it's primarily been getting better in terms of like secondary casting, you know, as in when you have a group scenario, you'll have more people of color, you'll have more people of different backgrounds. And the, the study found that in terms of central characters, in, st- in terms of scenarios and situations, that they were still largely, uh, you know, white men it be it, I you know I don't know getting kicked in the groin or whatever it is. Do you what do you think? Do you think brands are are learning? Do you think we'll see better representation this year at all?
4: You know I, I so want that change and it makes me so mad. I don't think so. I mean I I wrote um something on on Medium um about this just you know for my own pleasure and ranting and um you know I'm really tired of the token BFF of color. Right. And, uh, you know, why why did it have to be Jason Alexander, you know, on the Tide Tide sweatshirt? Um, Why why not in the face of um, COVID spurred racism against Asian-Americans? Could they not take a brand stand against, uh, you know, discrimination against Asian-Americans or at least kind of subtly point to that by like putting a Randall Park on there instead? Right. Somebody who's kind of modern and forward thinking. Um uh one ad that sticks out to me from last year, I love that Tracy Ellis Ross was paired with Brian Cranston in the Mountain Dew ad, and it wasn't she wasn't a secondary character. They were they both seemed to me like they had equal airtime and hopefully equally got paid. What I'm more hopeful for is, you know, hopefully that the production um crew is, is more diverse, that they're led by more uh directors of colors and DPs of color and writers of color. Um so I would be very surprised. Uh, you know, I know some of the folks at DoorDash, for example, uh, do have, um, um, you know, strong leadership of color. And I, and, you know, you think about all the delivery people who are mostly, sometimes at least in New York City before people of color. Uh, is that going to be reflected? I don't know. Um, so it is something that, that does irk me, and I appreciate that question. Um, so if any, you know, Folks are listening from a casting perspective, from, uh, you know, a, a creative brief perspective. Please, please do better and reflect the future of um, of America.
0: And I'll, I'll give a, a shout here to the Martin Agency. I don't know, honestly, I don't know if they're doing anything for the Super Bowl. But when we talked about, like, the white nostalgia thing earlier, I think good examples of, of of an agency and of brands not going to the white nostalgia well is Martin's Clients. Uh, with Geico bringing back tag team um, for the whoomp. There it is. They, you know, they did the scoop. There it is. Ad that came out in, on Christmas. Um, that ad's been such a beloved hit. It's such a crossover; everyone loves it, right? But especially, you know, I talked to the guys from Tag Team, and they're saying, you know, it's just been so great uh, to see families, especially Black families, re- recreating these moments and ice cream socials and stuff. And then they also brought back uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony and did their Boneless Thugs and Harmony for um, uh, for Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, also from Martin. It just goes to show, like, you can do nostalgia. You can do really fun stuff that it resonates with a lot of Americans. Uh, without without having to do another goddamn Ferris Bueller reference, you know. Um, so yeah,
4: right. And 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 I will say at least um, the producers at CBS and the show are thinking about this in terms of you know uh, the young poet Amanda Gorman who is now going to be part of um, the Super Bowl and then having you know the weekend be the perform- performer. Um, so last year was great with Shakira and JLo. Um, we'll see if, you know, they can keep kind of going with this trend of, of, of being more forward thinking in, in terms of entertainment too.
0: Well, we shall definitely find out. I encourage everyone keep an eye on adweek.com. Watch for Paul Heber and, uh, Katie Lundstrom, especially, I uh, have both been doing such stellar work. Katie, Paul, thank you so much for making time for us this week. Thank you and uh co as always such pleasure
4: absolutely same here international editor <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. um it's so uh yeah adweek's got uh so much super bowl coverage on the site so be sure to check it out we will be doing live uh commentary as we always do i tend to just kind of take over the adweek feed and just post whatever i feel like uh it is one of the the best perks of this job but we will also have several other people posting we'll be doing real time uh reviews of every ad as they air and we'll be doing stuff all over social media. Uh, it's going to be an omnipresent ad week experience. <laughs> so, I uh, hope you hope you enjoy it. And um, yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a busy week and we're going to go get back to it right now, but thank you for joining us. Our theme music is by Home. This week's episode was produced by CoM and edited by Lane McGibney. Uh, or if you have not already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get the, your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. You can reach us anytime at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. I'm David Greiner, and we will be back uh,
1: right after the Super Bowl. Talk to you then.